Welcome to another edition of IWTV Guide, your guide to what's going on independentwrestling.tv. I'm Jared Jayhawk Hawkins, and joining me, as always, your friend and mine, Mr. Charlie Butter. I'm nobody's friend. What are you talking about? Well, why the fuck have I been doing podcast with you for like three years? I have no idea. You convinced me to do this, and now we're doing this, and I've spent way too much money on it, and I don't understand why. Here we are. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, as long as we're both on the same page there. Yes. Okay, so we're recording a little bit later than usual here today. Uh, if, we, if I if we do sound different, I'm actually back to recording on location for the week to the be on our control. Yeah, you know, you know I'm, I had to take a COVID test today, so I might be might be sick, but I don't feel it right now. So, uh, so yeah, we're just better safe than sorry, and uh, gonna probably do this for you know this week, maybe next week. We'll see what happens. Uh, let's see. Let's get into the mass wrestler this week because this was a uh, interesting week this week. That would go good this week too. A really good match. Yeah, and we got the big reveal. The Luger in the semifinal this time around. Joshua Bishop and Mister Brickster nailed this one right away. Like they were, no, they didn't even get to the other two judges. Like Mister Brickster's like, oh, it's Bishop. I yep. team with the guy. I know who he is. Yep. Yeah. Uh, everybody's still really convinced that uh, Genkai is um, Lee Moriarty. So. I'm kind of curious if it is or not. I, I I don't know. I'm still kind of torn. I don't think it is, but maybe. If it is, I, if it is, I hope he wins. Right. And we got one more semifinal, it, and then we go to the finals. So we got two more weeks. Yeah. If it is, I hope he wins, and I hope he beats Warhorn if that's the case too. <laughs> yes. That'll be the only exception that I'll be okay if Warhorse loses the belt is if it's to Lee Moriarty. Yeah. Now, I might be in the minority here. I think my favorite part of the Mac Dreckler live stream, if you actually keep watching afterwards, they show a couple matches from whoever was that unmacked, and you're going to get you get the key to kind of their greatest hit right afterward as well. Right. And so we actually, we actually got uh, Bishop against Tracy William from Akron, and then we got the uh, committed surrender match with Dom from Mini Weekend last year. And that was the first time I seen a committed surrender match. And holy fuck, dude. <laughs> yeah, I saw it the... Uh... When it aired live, because I, I bought that uh, on Fight TV, it was it was a good match. It was a real good match. Like he, he had to threaten to get the dude on fire to get him to quit. Which showed one, th- which showed that one, he won't do anything he can to win, and two, the Dominic Arini a tough kind of a bitch. Right. So yeah, that was uh, that was a good match. That was that was a good one to show. Speaking of tough son of a bitches, though, I think it's time for uh, Nick Gage says this week. All right, let's hear it. I'll do weird shit, man. Um. You know, I milk cows, man. That's pretty weird, you know. I never thought I'd do that in my life. Learned I milk cow. I actually um, birthed a cow where I ripped it out of its fucking mom's womb. So that's some weird shit and I never thought I would do. Um, I'm a beast with that cow shit, too. So if I ever want a job and, and um, work on a cow farm, I can do that shit, man. <laughs> I have a hard time picturing Nick Gage and fucking overall and shit milking a cow. Like I, I totally can see it, dude. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, Nick, Nick Gage and Kid Rock being cowboy. That's like that reality show. Somebody fucking, somebody fucking green like that. I want to watch that. I don't, don't want to watch Kid Rock. Fuck Kid Rock. He's a fucking maggot chud. Yeah, but you mean to tell me, though, that if he's not doing a reality show with Nick Gage, and Nick Gage is going to beat the shit out of him like five minutes again, book that shit. <sighs> okay, he, okay, you got me. Nick Gage beating the shit out of Kid Rock would be fucking hilarious. <laughs> All right, what's going on IWTV this week? All right, so it's not on the schedule. It just went straight to the on-demand, um, but there is a shoot interview with New Jack that was done at one of the ICW No Holds Barred shows that they just announced like that it's up available now. So that is on there, uh, and then the rest of the 
schedule kind of looks like this. So Monday, that's actually when we're recording right now. I'm not sure why I'm even doing this, but Micro Wrestling Federation Monday Night Micro Episode Seven's on. Uh, you can catch the replay. I'm sure they'll have it up uh, available on demand after. But tomorrow, Tuesday, November 17th at 8 p.m. Eastern, New South Pro Wrestling Action Clash Episode 10, followed by at 9 p.m. Eastern, Heavy Metal Wrestling Texas Grand Prix Series Week 7. Wednesday, November 18th at 7 p.m. Eastern, Limitless Wrestling The Road Season 2 Episode 5, followed by at 10 p.m. Eastern, The Mass Wrestler Episode 6. Thursday, November 19th at 8 p.m. Eastern, Action Friday the 13th, this was a show that they recorded on this past Friday. And following that on Friday, November 20th at 8 p.m. was the other show that they recorded that day, uh, Friday Night Fights Round 2. And that's going to be followed up Friday night at 10 p.m. by Southern Underground Pro Swing of the Axe. So what that actually is, is the shows from The Collective are starting to show up on IWTV uh, starting this weekend. So the first one is going to be Southern Underground Pro Swing of the Axe at 10 p.m. Eastern. Saturday, November 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern, AIW, Thunder in Indianapolis. Check that out. Main event is Josh Bishop versus Matthew Justice. No rope barbed wire. It's an awesome match. Sunday, November 22nd at 8 p.m. Eastern, IWA Mid-South, Prince of the Death Matches 2020. Followed up at 10.05 p.m. Eastern by Glory Pro. Are you a wrestling son? I'm excited to watch that. I think we might actually review that next week, possibly. So that's what's on IWTV this week. All right. If, uh, we'll have to keep out reviewing that Glory Pro show. If that content night we record on Monday, that might be pushing it a little bit. But right, we'll see what happens. We could always do it the week. All right. But at any rate, I'm excited to get into our, our review, our main event this week. Yeah, you sent me a message no. like... Uh, couple days after i told you what the show was and you're like this is one of the best ones we've ever done and i was like oh really okay and then you texted me about halfway through the show today and went oh this show's fucking great <laughs> yeah it was a lot of fun i was really impressed all right so we are covering first wrestling ruckle palooka 14 from first avenue in minneapolis minnesota january 6 2019 uh first wrestling based out of minneapolis i've got eric cannon listed as the owner yes and they have two championships. They have the Rukupaluka Championship, which is currently held by Airwolf, and the v- and the I'm sorry, the Uptown VFW Championship, currently held by Priscilla Kelly. Yes. So and during this, follow, and you get them a follow on Twitter at First Reckling, that F One R F T Reckling on Twitter. Yeah, and what's really cool is they actually did like a um, uh, almost like a uh, recap to let you know what was going on between Eric Cannon and Darren Corbin uh, leading into this match. And this was really cool. I thought that was uh, nice to have that. So we kind of had an idea for that match. Uh, so it wasn't just like a, a random with no storytelling going into it. There was actually a bit of a story there. And then we got into the show. Yeah. Yeah. So we got that opening recap with the uh, Corbin uh, Cannon feud. Then we, then we got actually a little bit of a hype video for the uh, Cole Cabana and David Arquette match coming up later on in the show as well. And the reason I want to bring that up is Colt Cabana cut a promo. We're talking about how David Arquette can actor, but now it's getting real because he's been wrestling, and it's just odd for me to see Colt Cabana cutting and hear a promo. <laughs> it was a good promo, too. Like, Colt Cabana can do it, but he's got the reputation for not doing it. 
I love Cole Cabana. Please, no, nobody take that the wrong way. I love Cole Cabana. Yeah, it was real interesting. Uh, this is part of the reason why I picked this show was because of this match. So, but the, every match on here was actually a lot of fun, and uh, I don't think there was a dull match on the card. So, okay, no, our opening match it listed like a tag team match for Come Regan, but it's a fatal four way: Cooper Thunderfrog, Virgin the Yellow Dog, Virgin Fake Monkey, Virgin Wildcat. A frog, a dog, I- a monkey, and a cat. The one thing I will say about this crowd is not only are they hot for the whole thing, but they get it. Like in this match here, their chants are ribbit, 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 or meow, meow, meow. Like their chants are just the animal count the entire match, which is fucking awesome. <laughs> what was their chant for Space Monkey then? What was it? You know, I honestly don't remember it, but I was not monkey count. <laughs> Oh man! You, you, you gotta you gotta ruin where I'm going with that. Yeah, I had to. Well, you do it to me all the time, so it's only fair. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So this was a, a pretty fun four way. They did do a lot of the uh, two people staying on the ring apron while the other two wrestled. So that's probably why whoever was uh, writing this down got it confused. Maybe. Um, well, it's not it's not only listed like a tag match on IWTV, but also listed like a tag team match on Cage Match. Hmm. And I, that one kind of throwing me off, and it, and it's like, and it's not even like the team were introduced together, like Cooper Frog and Cooper Thunder Frog and Wildcat are listed like a tag team, but they were introduced first and last, like they weren't even introduced next to each other. Yeah, it was like it makes no. I have no idea how they got this mixed up. I don't know either, man. But that's well, that's where we got. It's a fun match though. So, yeah, before the match even start, Yellow Dog go over and act like he's taking a pick on Thunder Frog. Yeah, uh, yeah, Hammer of God, which I thought, which I thought was funny. He also humped then, the announcer's leg. Yeah. And then Faith Monkey made some motion with the hammer that we will not talk about on the air. He was spanking this monkey. Yeah. That's the polite way of putting it, yeah. Okay, they played they played fetch with uh, Yellow Dog until they threw out whatever it was he were there playing fetch with and he had to go taking it. <laughs> like little touch. Oh man. First actual move of the match was Wildcat hitting a, a flying body prick on the Thunder Frog. That was the first actual move of the match after all that. Yeah. There were some, there were some, there were some neat stuff here. This one played for comedy, which I think everybody kind of expected with, the, with who was involved with it. Uh, there was the one part where Thunder Frog gra- dropped his camera of God, God off the top rope, and everybody took a bump forward, including the referee. Yep, only makes sense, man. That makes sense. Yeah, Bait Monkey broke up a pin with a tail at one point. <laughs> Bait Monkey eventually does get the pin with the moon salt onto the yellow dog at eight minutes and fifteen seconds. Fun stuff here. And I want to give credit to the uh, commentary team here of Dave Prakak and Rich Bikini. These two guys did a great job throughout the show as well. Yeah, that uh, that's. I wasn't sure if it was Rich or not because he sounded familiar. I, I could definitely pick out that it was Prazak. Uh, they were awesome on commentary, and I think that's a big thing that helped with everything too. Is I like both of them. So them on commentary together, it it flowed really well, and I really enjoyed uh, what I was hearing. I didn't really have to like try to phase it out or not pay attention to it because it i liked both guys so i was interested in what they were saying they knew what the hell they were talking about it made you know everything kind of flowed with them so i was i really enjoyed that uh rick bikini a guy who should be doing commentary on a in a major promotion and i know we dug him ow and ow coming back this week but i mean he should be on he should be on a national tv product 
Like, I can't believe WWE got rid of him and kept him the guy that they've kept. Well, yeah, he mentioned something about being on NXT, and that's why I was just like, who is this guy? If he was on NXT and I couldn't place him, but I, his voice sounded so familiar. I almost want to, like, it almost reminded me of Kevin Kelly a little bit, but not really. And I was like, who is this guy? It bothered me for a little bit, actually. So I'm glad you actually knew who they were. So I missed the part where they told, they said who they were. So I wasn't sure either until he mentioned NXT. I went, oh, okay, that's who that is. From there, we get women action. Alec and Kay taking on Kimberly. This was this was real good. Yeah, this was real good. Alec and Kay playing the heel. The great shift, great job playing the heel. Uh, I'm perfectly happy with that. Uh, they teed a German suplex off the apron to the floor. Uh, the the guardrail was like maybe a foot away from the apron. Like there's no way you could do actually do something on the floor in the, in the in the building. Yeah, I mean, she they was, like, basically was hanging way over it. I mean, but they teased a German off, like, the second rope. They teased that a lot. Finally, she does get a German. Yeah, but they go back and forth with the near fall. I've got Governor eight fall finishes at one point. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, eventually, Alec and Kay take out a bike. The referee grabs it from her, and while the referee's getting it out of the ring, she low blow Kimberly and get a roll up for the pin. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of the ending, but, hey, it is what it is. Yeah. So really good, really good stuff here. Go oh, two for two. Yeah. And we then get because it is Ruckle Palooka, they do mix in some bands and some dancing act. We've got some calm from Dillinger Four. Uh, I will admit, I skipped over this to save time. So did I. Both times yeah. they played. No. Yeah. I did watch the two burlesque dances though, especially the second one because the second one was Rogue, and I thought that one was really good. From there we go into David Arquette against Colt Cabana. I expected this to be a a comedy match, a funny ha-ha match. We didn't get that. We actually got a good match out of it. Yeah. Well, David Arquette can wrestle, so. Yeah, I'll give David Arquette full credit. Full credit. He, he decided that he didn't want his legacy in wrestling being he was WCW champion for two weeks like a joke. He wanted to come out and prove he could actually do this shit, and he butted his act, and he is doing very well. I'm very, I'm very proud of this dude. Dota can change the fact that that decision helped to kill WCW, but he did a really good fucking job. That wasn't his choice. Well, I know it. I know it wasn't. I, I, I blame that guy from New York, bro. Mm-hmm. Now, the match does have uh, uh, Cole Cabana out wrestling Arquette early. Arquette hit Karana pretty early on, and even he surprised that he hit it. It was a nice touch. Uh, they actually... Uh, uh, Ar- Carbana go for Moon Court Arquette roll out of the way f- uh, uh, from that actually hit a Kiwi roll for a near fall uh, Cabana does eventually get the bionic elbow and the Cooperman pin uh, Cooperman pin for a two count and then Arquette finally hit a cutter on Cabana for the win in seven minutes and 51 seconds so not real long did you did you really notice when Colt uh put um David in the uh camel clutch that he was saying he was going to break him and make him humble <laughs> And I caught he, that I didn't make a note of it. Then he was like yelling at him that he was going to fuck him in his ass. <laughs> it was really that was funny. really the one bit of comedy in the entire match. I, I, I got a good chuckle out of it when he said he was going to break him and make him humble. I was like, oh man, that's great. <laughs> yeah, from there we have our first dan- uh, burlesque dance of the evening from Sweet Pea. I, I skipped over the league as well. So if you would like to talk about it, feel free. It was a dance. The Rogue one's the one you got to watch. That was the, before the main event. That one was good. There's booby yeah. tassels and everything. It was great. And she was dressed as Rogue from the X-Men. So it was, it was good stuff. Right up my alley. You mean they can cure it from being a mutant? They don't have to cure it. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay, I just want to be able to pet a dog without killing it. You make a cloud. Fuck you. Sorry, I had a... Sorry. She can anyway. pet a dog with gloves on. Calm down. 
All right, so from there, we have Eric Cannon against Darren Corbin, our announced main event. And, it can, and Darren Corbin is the first wrestling Uptown VFW champion coming into this match. So the match go like a minute and a half, and Corbin just hit Cannon with the with the title belt, get himself to qualify. But there's no DQ. And that brings that bring out Rob Page, who is the senior official, and he's going to be saying there's no DQ. We're going to restart the match. And Corbin responds by saying, "Well, if there are if there's no rule, what the fuck do I need the referee for?" And he takes out the ref. Now, but now before we go into the no DQ part of it, the one thing I did notice is Darren Corbin in that hype from at the beginning. That his goal was to make sure that Eric Cannon never won another match, and he literally got blew that in the first minute and a half. I checked my getting cup to qualify. Yeah, and just, just throwing that out there, right? If they want, they vote like an accidental DQ, but no, it was, it was intentional. He didn't want to wreck them. Right. <laughs> You're trying to put too much okay. logic into something that doesn't need to be a lot of logic. And I knew you were going to complain about certain aspects of this match before. Like I'm sitting there, just hmm, wonder what Jared's going to pick apart about this the whole time. <laughs> Uh, do you want to talk about much, why there was a trash much, can with a bunch of weapons show? in it too that just so happened do, to be only, backstage? It, it, the, the only thing I'm going to pick apart on the, really on the entire show was that, and that you can't, and that for some reason you cannot have a no DQ match without thumbtack because it's an easy spot. Man. I mean, it's not horrible, and it's extreme. Yeah, but there's some really cool shit once it becomes no DQ. Uh, Canna hit a brain buster on onto an open chair at one point, which looked fucking sick. Uh, they te- they teased the fuck they pe- teased the fuck uh, ah god damn it they teased the tack a couple of times in a couple of different spots there we go you're just tongue tied uh, yeah it's been a long day dude I hear I feel yeah, yeah. Corbin avoids a couple of the tack with a small package you can hear fall out of it uh, finally there's a choke clam into the tack he hits the spear go for the cut go for the arrogant cover on cannon cannon counters that into a, into a crew fix for the pin fifteen thirty four he announced that the new champion. But wait, this is the VFW title. They're not in the VFW hall. Therefore, the belt's not on the line. Corbin taking the belt and going home. You want to see me defend it? Come March 21st to the VFW hall. This was fucking brilliant. Oh, you really like that? I actually like that. I know you probably expect me to bitch about the ducky finish. I really like that. I was Corbin being a brilliant dick heel because he's absolutely right. And there was nothing anybody could fucking do about it. That was brilliant. And it would never announce that a championship match. Yeah, I mean, here's my only thing with that. If he's going to play that game with it, though, I feel like then, like, any time the TV title was defended on a pay-per-view, it shouldn't have counted because it's a pay-per-view and not television. Yeah, I, I can still buy a TV title being on the line in that case, and pay-per-view is still t- yeah. uh, the The issue I always had was when you go to a house show and TV title will be on the line and there's not one fucking camera anywhere near there. Like, why the fuck am I? What the fuck? Yeah. So, I just, I mean, that kind of was like, eh, but... I mean, it was still a good match. It had, uh, you know, the usual plunder in it, you know, cookie sheets, all that kind of stuff. So it is what it is. So the uh, message board for the one website I write for kind of periodically, Culture Crossfire, when Paragon Pro was on like 6 a.m. Saturday morning on the time by on like a U2 America or whatever the fuck it was, Darren Corbin was like the one guy that everybody on that message board fucking loved. And I'm glad he did getting out more play and kind of making a name for himself, but he is really fucking good. Yeah, I like uh, that his 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 diamond cutter that he does is called the Ginger Snap. I thought that was kind of yeah. funny. Yeah. So from there, we had more music from Dillinger 4. I skipped over that, although I did hear Cannon came on stage with him at one point. Yeah. It's nothing against there, their music. If I had more time, I totally would have listened to it and seen what they were about. But I was just trying to get through the show. Like, 
it's cool the way they spaced everything out too like i thought like they had that they had the burlesque they had everything kind of mixed in it was it was a real good like presentation for the show overall i really liked the presentation that's how you present wrestling to me as like a full show like they didn't it didn't feel like a big pain in the ass to have to deal with stuff and like the multiple sets and like they didn't cut into everything after every single match and it was just it was it flowed well it flowed real well i really for a two-hour show this was awesome and uh yeah i kind of want to go see their their uh one of their shows live now because this was uh, a lot of fun but we got two more matches to talk about so let's yeah. let's talk yeah. about those two more matches yeah. Yeah, and one other thing, I'll talk about the presentation real quick. Like a lot of times when uh, in corporate wrestling show, through Rock Concrete Kinder show, you can tell that you're throwing that in like an unofficial intermission. Mm-hmm. And this could actually fall like part of the show. Maybe the way it was cut, I'm wondering if they played, um, if they did do just like an intermission with the band playing, or if maybe they actually did this all lined up the way that it was kind of was throughout the show with everything. I'm kind of curious how that actually went went into that so okay but we move on to our semi-final match and i gotta admit on paper this was really intriguing we've got darby allen and the japanese legend of golf the great kake yes they did like a dragon ball geek spot at the beginning to open yeah this was uh, kind of interesting uh then they like they just went off the fucking rails like there were so many cool things in this match and the one that got me was when sasuke came off the top rope and fucking destroyed that chair with his back. I I yeah. screamed and it stood up. It was like, oh my god, that was horrible. And he, there was no selling that. He was legit fucking hurt after that. That had to fucking hurt. He snapped the back of that fucking chair. Oh my god. Oh, it was yeah. gross. Yeah, this was, yeah, this was where Rick Bikini mentioned working in XT, and he was comparing. Darby Allen working with Kake uh, to Tyler Breek working with Liger in Brooklyn. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, and I was like, who who was on that show that was talking? Uh, like, because I remember watching that. Actually, I was at the drive-through for Taco Bell, and that match came on first. And I was in the drive-through watching it on my phone while I was getting my Taco Bell drive-through. <laughs> I'll never forget that match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good. Darby Allen did a great job of working on Kake's arm, telling a story with the arm. Mm-hmm. Uh, at one point, he goes to hit a coffin drop onto the ring apron and miss it, go hit back, hit the apron. The first move Kake tried after that, like a fucking wonton off the top, and he missed and hit the fucking apron. Yeah. Oh, God. Fair Kake at this point, like in 2019, Kake was big in like 96 or 97. So it's been 23 years, and Kake was at a quote unquote peak. Yeah. And he's still doing shit like that. There's a documentary on YouTube that I believe is free about him, and it's really interesting. Uh, I'm going to have to send you a link to check it out. It's pretty good. Yeah, Darby Allen does get a leg lock into a pin for the uh, for the pin in 1449. Really good stuff. This is probably the best Darby Allen match I've seen that didn't involve Cody Rhodes. Yeah, I like the pin that he did, too, with the... Um like the the leg like how he folded up the legs and then just fucking like trailer hitched back and got the pin that way that was fucking cool i never seen that before i mean yeah. he might he might robert do it all the Gimpkin time but i've rock- never seen it before personally yeah robert gibson of the rock and rock used to do a similar finish it wasn't quite that but it was along the same line that's it's neat i really liked it props to them for that so from there we get our last burlesque routine with joy koi as the rogue outfit that as you really enjoyed yes, i really enjoyed it Highly, highly recommend checking that out if you're an X-Men fan. And then we have our main event. Three-way dance for the Wrecking Palooka Championship. Airwolf defending against DJ Knee and Shane Swerve Strickland. And this was... Re- I, 
I keep saying I don't. I'm not a fan of triple threat matches. Not a fan of three way of one fall three way. But this look really fucking good. Wait, who 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 did Airwolf and Shane Strickland face? DJ Key. Should have should have seen that coming. There it is. Boom. One more time for fun. The DJ there couldn't figure out how to fucking do that though. A couple times he he <laughs> fucked up spots they had planned. I was kind of pissed. And Strickland kind of made fun of him for it, but he tried to cue something up and nothing happened. Yeah, they did it. he did it like two or three times in the fucking, like the DJ just wasn't paying attention to the match or what was going on. So then everybody started yelling for the DJ and then like he didn't do anything and they just went on to the next thing. They're like, fuck it, let's just keep going. So I was kind of pissed by that because that's what makes DJZ fun to watch. At least one of the things. No, Worf and DJ D are doing a lot of double teaming on the Airwolf in the early going of this match. And that really weird scene that now, considering they've been feuding with each other in NXT for how long at this point? Uh, not only that, but you got to figure two of these guys are ones in uh, both. Well, two of them are in WWE, like you said. And then one of them is now going to be on uh, AEW against the Young Bucks this, this week. So, yeah, it's I mean, testament to they knew these guys were main event guys back in January of 2019. They knew that they were on that level. And look where they are a year, almost two years later. That's it's. It's a testament right there, man. Eric Cannon knows what he's doing. Yeah, so they're doing they're doing the deal where they both lock Airwolf and Chinlock, and the other one comes in and drop kick Airwolf, and Strickland winds up being the one to drop kick DJ Key to break that up. Well, what's cool about this too is commentary kind of puts over the fact that yeah, if they beat up uh, Airwolf enough, then he's out, then they can just fight each other, which is smart. I mean, they they actually put that over on commentary, made it seem like that was a solid plan that they were going for. Obviously, that's going to backfire, but. Uh, I thought that was a smart, like, there's a lot of smart commentary tricks they used here to make things make sense, and I like that. Strickland, in my opinion, was the star of this match, and I, I don't know if it was because of the way the match went played out or because Worf was just that good or the combination of the two, but it felt like the Shane Strickland show for a large part of the match. Well, he was a big name in, in going into 2019, so, I mean, I can kind of see, like, everybody knew he was pretty much getting signed, so it makes sense. Airwolf at one point launches DJT over the top rope about halfway down the ramp. Look fucking sweet. Airwolf, Airwolf at one point hit a gunship bomb into a key four on the DJT and can't put it away. Uh, DJT goes for a top rope runner on Wolf, but he winds up adding to actually hitting it, but like, where if it needed to come out, hit him with a double thumb. I thought for sure that was the finish, and it wasn't. That was a two count. <laughs> DJT hit a, 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 almost like a clean shot reverse DDT and then followed it up into a double DDT on both guys. Yeah, that match was finally cool. ends with yeah, match finally ends with DJ Key and Strickland uh, both jockeying for position up on the top row. Airwolf takes them both down with a Spanish fly and covers both of them for the pit. Yeah, it was a real good finish. I like that. And and another great point on commentary there. They were pointing out that they were never told if it was one fall or elimination, and it doesn't matter. Airwolf pinned both of them anyway. Yep, brilliant. Dude, I'm telling you, like that's this hit on every on every level that I like. This is a definite thumbs up show and i'm gonna check out more of them because this was really fucking good yeah it's not a bad match on the card not yeah even the even the stuff that was kind of silly like the opening four way like it wasn't ridiculous like nothing with intelligence consulting right so there you, were no kinematic there were no kinematic matches that took two days to film on a compound somewhere in north carolina so uh i gave my thumbs up already you go and thumbs up thumbs down thumbs in the middle where are you at oh uh, i it's it, it it way up on this one. This my, this, I think this one's my favorite show we've reviewed since we started the format. It's only been 26 weeks. <laughs> 26 okay, weeks. We did, okay, it, yeah, it's 20, 26 shows. It's the best of the 26. 
And how many shows did we do on the other format that were really this good e- either? Uh, we did a hundred. Be honest about that. We did a hundred and something on the other one, like a hundred and seventeen shows on, on, under the old name. So, I mean, we did a handful, but it was hard to do that because that old format was also watch a three hour show and talk for the entire three right. hour show. So, yeah. right, I'll go through. Then once we started switching to reviews, it became a lot easier. And I mean, we just, I've been picking but random but stuff you, that I think looks interesting that I've never seen before. Like I could pick the most recent from every company, but it's not going to be the most interesting. So, I mean, like I love black label pro. I picked a show I'd never seen from them before and it was all right. It wasn't great, but we know all their current stuff is fucking awesome. So, I mean, and we're just going to keep going until, you know, wrestling is back to full speed and then we'll start doing more current stuff. But I just want to see what else is out there i mean there's lots of stuff like i kind of you know behind the curtain here like we were talking before we started recording and i kind of got december planned out but i mean that could always change and i got some ideas like even going into january for for promotions to check out so i spent a lot of time the other day just kind of browsing through and seeing what there are there's a lot of like one and two show companies out there though so get stuck with some of those it'll be uh i don't know (laughs) i don't know how fun those those reviews will be but yeah, but at the same time, they're also a lot. Of, they're also, in addition to companies that are still running, there are companies that haven't run in 10, 12, 12, 10, 12 15 years gone there. No. Yeah, uh, spoiler, that, that's what we're going to finish the year out with. So I'm excited for that one. Yeah, yeah there, there's that one. Um, Mid American Wrestling out of the Milwaukee area going there. They got like 30 shows. They stopped running when like 2007, I think. I, I keep saying it, but if you can't find something you like on independentwrestling.tv, don't call yourself a wrestling fan. Yeah, I mean, there's there's all kinds of great stuff on there. The current stuff, there's, you know, a lot of stuff from the past, and there's more and more stuff getting added every single week. Like, if I just spent the time, like, trying to write down everything that, like, got put on there this week, it would take so much extra time. It's crazy. Yeah, but there's deathmatch stuff. There's comedy stuff. There's companies that do a little bit of everything. Like, you, there's no excuse not to find something you like on independentwrestling.tv. I just hope one day we get XPW on there. That would make me really, really happy. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to say you're the, you're the only one, but no, I actually know people that will be really excited about that at my cope, actually. Oh, that, Wrestling Society X, put both of those on there. That'd be sweet. I'd love to have both of those on there. And there's a lot of people that want them, too. Don't, don't. Act like I'd be the only one. There's a lot of people that want those. I promise you, you'd be surprised. Now, I remember when XPW was a thing. I didn't get the TV where I lived at, but a friend of mine would, would, did nothing but praying it. Oh, if you like XPW, you'll love that. And then the first time I watched it, I went, I don't get, I don't get it. So I became a super huge fan once they put the main title on Shane Douglas and he was going to move it to the East Coast and compete with CZW. And they were on a Pittsburgh channel. So I'd go to my grandpa's that lived in Hermitage and I could watch them at like one o'clock in the morning on Saturdays. And like, I spent, I don't know how many weekends there specifically. So I could record XPW and watch XPW and stuff like that. It was really great. Like get to spend like a Saturday at my grandpa's hanging out. We'd have a fire or whatever in the evening they'd go to bed. And then I'd wait up until one o'clock in the morning and watch XPW and great. I loved it so much. It's one of my, that's why I think that's why I got like some nostalgia for it. But the Shane Douglas era was the era that I really enjoyed. There was other stuff that was like pretty crazy in there too. That was all right. I think we actually, I feel like we watched one of the shows. Now, maybe I watched it with one of my friends trying to show him some deathmatch wrestling. The first ever King of the Deathmatch tournament they did. 
And uh, so I like to see everything. I like everything to be up there so I can watch it all, including the TV shows. That'd be because really, there's a lot of like Maybe crazy get- stuff in the TV show that I didn't see on like the home video releases. And one thing you won't see on there is somebody getting a thumb cut off. Wow. But you might see that on Dark Side of the Ring next season. So you never know. That would actually be, that would actually be a really good episode. I I've been saying it since Dark Side of the Ring became a thing that that's one of the things I wanted. Like way back when we got to see that sneak peek of the first episode in Chicago during All In Weekend. Or was it All Out? Which one was that? Was it All In? It was, it was All, in, all in, in Weekend. All In Weekend, yeah. Uh, I don't know. They changed it on me. Now I can't, I can't remember which one's which anymore. But yeah, All In yeah. Weekend, when we got to see that sneak peek. Uh, and stuff like that that was real cool yeah, i actually showed that up a code to my 14 year old a couple weeks ago and she's like and the guy the guy didn't go to jail i'm like the guy still rocking part-time even today she's like how I'm like you watched it that you they told you how yep pretty much it's crazy 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 all right you got any plugs this week my friend as always follow me on twitter at pw critique follow me on facebook instagram at jhawk1539 uh if i ever Get a wild hair up my ass and look, I'd load up the Twitch stream again. You can follow me on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash TFMJHawk. I think that's it for right now. All right, man. Remember to use promo code PWP for five days free at independentwrestling.tv. And check out our podcast friends, Wrestling Cheers, Pod Van Dam, the Super Fantastic Podcast, At Odds with Wrestling, the Spotlight Series, and It's Evolution, baby. <laughs> And check out our other non-podcast friends, pwponderings.com, Big Stark's brand, Mouse's Wrestling Adventures, Good Company in Cleveland, Ohio, Smoke and Jay's Barbecue, and Kayfabe Collectibles. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Charlie underscore Butters, and you can find this podcast on Twitter and Instagram at IWTV Guide. And wherever you do get your uh, podcast from, please give us a like, subscribe, do all that fun stuff for us. It helps out. And remember, wear your mask. Black Lives Matter. Talk to you later, everyone.